Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. The biblical books of Daniel and Revelation have a lot to say about the end time, the apocalyptic times that we may or may not be living in. Let's ask Lincoln Steed if that's the case, and if it is, what we can do about it and how we can survive it. Also, in the light of something that we Seventh Avenues believe very strongly, that we are also and have been for many centuries in the middle of the great controversy between Christ and Satan. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, make that connection for us. Where are we? Why are we? And what should we be doing? Well, we clearly are living at the end of time. Mm. Uh, anybody that cracks the Bible, certainly the books of Daniel and Revelation, yes. would get that impression. Yes. You would get it generally because it describes the situations that we live in. And Jesus himself said that the uh, end of time, it'll be like the days of Noah. Right, and, right. and the Bible is very plain on what those days were like. Every man did wickedly. It says elsewhere that people did what was right in their own eyes. So, you know, you can make a pretty good case that just like the times of the French Revolution, but more so today, there's every uh, scheme of man oh. bubbling and boiling. Economies are out of control. Society is... is in, just seems a little unhinged and, and the nations are at war and so on, all markers of the end of time. You know, these are clearly all signs of a world that's sort of at an end phase. Yeah. And the Bible speaks very plain to that. Seventh-day Adventists, and you mentioned our, our church, of course, Liberty Magazine was originally begun by Seventh-day Adventists because of a particular end-time awareness and concern for protection of religious liberty. Right. And Seventh-day Adventists have very particular views about looking at the Bible and relating these prophecies to our day. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned these two books. Many Adventists know, and we want more and more non-Adventists to be aware of a book written by Adventist pioneer and co-founder Ellen G. White, who was believed to have prophetic insight. Mm -hmm. And she wrote a, an incredible book that's mostly a collection of research on the topic as well as Bible truths called The Great Controversy Between Christ and Satan. Mm -hmm. And it tells the great sweep of human history and the struggle to live up to God's commands and the aspirations of man to be redeemed from a fallen state. Adam and Eve lost it for us. Right. And Great Controversy puts it all in the context of a battle in the universe between God and a third of his angels who rebelled under the leadership of what was once the covering cherub, Lucifer, yeah. Satan, the mm -hmm. devil, <laughs> right. the antagonist. That's right. And I could encourage our listeners to read it. It's a good book and well-researched, and, and it stood the test of time from when it was first written in 1858, went through major revisions that students of it analyze and, <laughs> and, and argue about, but it had revisions in 1884, 1888, 1911, and it's been distributed in the millions. But I want to remind Adventists as well as our general listeners that there's another book that I think is equally important, written in the early days of Adventism, first published in 1897, so in that same time frame, by an Adventist pioneer and Bible student called Uriah Smith. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I know that Ellen White herself, in her 
explications of the great controversy was very much both indebted and on the same page as Uriah Smith. He was more narrow in his focus, perhaps, because he was looking, as the title says, at the books of Daniel and Revelation. Mm -hmm. Daniel was a prophetic book written many hundreds of years before the time of Christ. Mm -hmm. The Jewish nation went into what was called the Babylonian captivity. King Nebuchadnezzar pillaged Israel and, and Jerusalem and took many of the citizens, the leading citizens, captive, and the, those that left behind became a dysfunctional society. So the thread of Jewish history really goes through Babylon. And while there, Daniel had these visions that pertain not so much to Israel, but to the world at large. He interpreted a dream that showed a figure like King Nebuchadnezzar divided into metallic segments representing the kingdoms of the world mm -hmm. from his day down to Rome and then finally a divided uh, world but as we have now probably fulfilling the prophecy the European Union the mm -hmm. nations trying to to uh, cling together but at the end of time a bit weak and to be replaced by the kingdom of God mm -hmm. and then Uriah Smith's book links to the book of Revelation the very last book in the Bible that we have today a prophetic book written by John, the Apostle John, the Revelator, he's called. And he gave a very detailed, but it's sometimes confusing outline, again, of church history from fairly early days, right through to the end of the world and the beginning of a, an eternal kingdom that God has promised for his faithful. Mm -hmm. So it's a very interesting book. Well-researched. Uriah Smith was a deep Bible student, and he did what... Even Great Controversy doesn't do a lot. He related a lot of it to current events in his time mm -hmm. and looked ahead a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He has a whole chapter, for example, and I'm often telling Seventh-day Adventists that they should read this, on the Muslim world in prophecy. Wow. And it set out an Adventist understanding on where Islam figures. And he mm -hmm. saw that uh, Revelation 9, almost in totality, predicts and speaks of the Islamic incursions through Europe against, as he says, apostate Christianity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's worth reading, and I don't want to go into great detail on it, but, well, I'll read a couple of paragraphs just to show you the, the import of it. He says, quotes from the writings of an Alexander Keith, he says, there is scarcely so uniform an agreement among interpreters as respecting the application of the fifth and sixth trumpets or the first and second woes to the Saracens and the Turks. It is so obvious that it can scarcely be misunderstood. Well, not today. We don't see it obviously. Right, right. Instead of a verse or two designating each, the whole of the ninth chapter of Revelation in equal portions is occupied with the description of both. The Roman Empire declined as it arose by conquest, mm -hmm. but the Saracens and the Turks were the instruments by which a false religion became the scourge of an apostate church. Huh. And hence, instead of the fifth and sixth trumpets, like the former being marked by that name alone, they are called woes. Oh, and then it goes on with the uh, loss of Constantinople, which was, people have forgotten in this current turmoil in the Middle East, that Constantinople, now called Istanbul, yeah. was the capital of the Christian world. That's right, that's right. And when it fell to uh, Islamic Turkish invaders, it was seen as, as, as the end of, religiously, as the end of the world as they knew it. And it was. It, it was purely apocalyptic. 
And others have not noticed, which he refers to, I think, in some detail here too, that, that when Martin Luther arose and began the Protestant Reformation, the incursions of the Muslim Turks were still threatening the very viability of Western Europe and of Christendom, to use the term that Ellen White and Uriah Smith use a lot. This is amazing. You're saying that the present Islamic reach, or an overreach, as some would say, of course, uh, in this world today is nothing new. It's been around for a long time. Absolutely. And wow. the result is the same. It encourages an overreaction yes, yes. in the Christian world, yes. overreach. Yeah. It arises at a time of, of a militarized Christianity, and it encourages a bad reaction. So at least I hope I've planted the thought and the, the readiness of people to go and read Daniel and the Revelation. You can yeah. get copies of it online very easily. It's not a, an out-of-print book. Mm-hmm. So Uriah Smith, Daniel and the Revelation. But I want to conclude, I know we don't have too much time left, just picking up a bit of what he says. He's got a whole chapter on the struggle for religious freedom. Mm-hmm. And he saw, as his contemporaries did, and many today still see, the United States as a prophetically predicted power to champion religious liberty in a world that all but lost sight of it. Right. This was written when? Give, give us the year again. This was 1897. Uh, okay, 1897. So in 1897, what did the writer say that really identifies what's going on today? It's not just his say-so. He right. quotes from Henry Easterbrook, speaking before the Connecticut Bar Association. And this was the view at the time. He says, On this great continent, which God hath kept hidden in a little world, here with a new heaven and a new earth, where former things had passed away, the people of many nations, of various needs and creeds, but united in heart and soul and mind for the single purpose, builded an altar to liberty, the first ever built or that ever could be built or called and called it the Constitution of the United States. Wow. And he says that was in the year 1787. The prophet saw the lamb-like beast coming out of the earth about 1798. Surely this is no mere coincidence. And then he quotes George Washington, who said that no people can be bound to acknowledge and adore the invisible hand which conducts the affairs of men more than the people of the United States. Every step by which they have advanced to the character of an independent nation seems to have been distinguished by some token of providential agency. My. There we are. There we are. We are not adrift in a sea of uncertainty. This has been told to us. This has been shown to us. Now that we know that, what do we do? Make a connection with the Islamic dynamic. Yeah. Because he said in their reply to... uh, Washington, it says, the Senate declared, when we contemplate the coincidence of circumstances, a wonderful combination of causes, which led to our independence, when we contemplate the rise, progress, and determination of the late war, we are with you, unavoidably led to acknowledge and adore the great arbiter of the universe by whom empires rise and fall, mm-hmm. Daniel 2. And then he says this, very interesting, these were not only godly men, they were wise and far-seeing men. When certain religious groups made appeal, and now in quotes, that explicit acknowledgement of the only true God and Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. quote, be made in the Constitution, their request was denied. In writing of this incident, Thomas Jefferson said, the insertion was rejected by a great majority in proof that they meant to comprehend within the mantle of its protection the Jew, the Gentile, the Christian, and Mohammedan, 
the Hindu and infidel of every denomination. Mm. You know, that mm. quote alone should destroy the, the silly revisionist history of many that try to make it, uh, you know, a Christian nation right. in the formal right. structural sense. Right. That was quoting from the writings of Thomas Jefferson, okay. a volume of, right. collected, of his collected writings. Okay. But he was responding to uh, the Congress rejecting the insertion of a direct acknowledgement of, of the Christian God. Well, I think I found my Facebook quote for today. <laughs> Thank you, Lincoln. <laughs> oh, my. Well, our time has slipped by, and I really appreciate, Lincoln, that you have taken the time to instruct us and to guide us and to show us that, you know, God really is watching over this so much so that he said it's going to happen. I'm on the right track saying that? Absolutely. Okay. We're in a prophetic stream. Mm-hmm. A great controversy is being worked out. And God has great hopes for people of faith. All right. www.libertymagazine.org. Again, the book is Daniel and Revelation by Uriah Smith. You can check that out. Listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with editor Lincoln Steed inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443 443- Three nine one seven two five eight, or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>